Hello and welcome to Sickle Telling, and this is the first episode. We have our guest. You can introduce yourself. My name is Remy. Um, Remy Adeboga is my full name. I'm the brother of the host. Um, I have sickle cell thalassemia, I would like to say. Um, yeah, that's that's my intro. <laughs> weirder and also because we are brothers so it has a different dynamic but um yeah so this is my younger brother and uh i have sickle cell anemia i think it's sickle beta thou i need to double check i'm not 100 percent sure but um yeah i think i think we both have sickle beta thou. yeah but it could be different because I think mine is different than yours. So. Yeah, yours is like slightly different, but I'm not 100% sure how. But um, so what would you say your childhood experience was like in regards to having sickle cell? Um, I didn't have any childhood experiences. Um, I knew what sickle cell was. I knew I had it um, mainly because of you. You got sick more often than I did, but you know, for me, it, I, I was just like any other kid, ran around, played ball. Um, so yeah, I really didn't have any boundaries. I was on my basketball team from fifth grade to the eighth grade. So um, as far as childhood goes, it's like I had no sickle cell. I was I was completely fine. Um, only thing I probably had was a pot belly, <laughs> pot belly, and bedwetting. Um, and that's later you find out that that's because of sickle cell. Uh, sickle cell really affects pretty much everything you do. You find that out later, but as far as childhood, that's the only two things um, that I could recall was not even wrong with me because I feel like every every kid has that as well. Bedwetting, but I had a little little pot belly. Um, but yeah, that's that was my childhood. So, do you feel that at any time? when you were younger that sickle cell was going to affect you as much as it did later on in life? No, but as a kid, you don't, you don't, you're not thinking that far. You think you're going to be the same, you know, um, however, like, every two days are alike almost. Tomorrow, the day before, the day after, it's all the same. So, you know, like I said, I knew I had it, but I didn't think it was the big bad disease that would alter or shape my life in any way. Um, it was just something that I had and that, you know, my parents would tell me that I had to make sure I was on top of my health. But, you know, again, to a child, that doesn't really mean anything. So um, as you say all this, my perspective was a little different only because I remember like certain things that happened. And I remember you had a seizure when you were like one and a half. Two. 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 Yeah. Right. And... um you know, later on realizing that that was one of the uh, just effects of like sickle cell and so on and so forth. But, um, you know, just like little things like that were like just, you know, scary just to see your little brother go through those things. And then, you know, knowing that obviously we both share having sickle cell anemia, you know, it was just really weird to know that, you know, at one point or another, you would have similar experiences to what I had had in regards to sickle cell. But um, what do you think was the transition when you started to realize that sickle cell was going to like affect you, and 
what was your first crisis like? Um, I knew sex was going to affect me when my mom told me. Uh, it was two reasons, but my mom told me I couldn't go away to college. Um, it was one, money, but the bigger reason was because of sickle cell. And that was before my first crisis. So, you know, all your, kid, all your friends are applying to out-of-state schools and you're applying to in-state schools. And it's kind of just like, oh, damn, like, this is actually something that does play a big role. Um, and the second question, my first crisis, I was 19 years old. It was around July 4th weekend. Um, it was hot. So I think that was one of the causes of the reason why I had my first crisis. And I knew, I remember it was in my legs because I couldn't like walk or stand. And I remember telling my mom to call 911 because it felt like the worst pain I've ever felt. Looking back on it now, um, I probably deal with that every two, three months. But your first one is always the worst because it's not nothing you've ever felt before. Um, but yeah, that was that was my first one, 19 years old. And after that. How did you feel about sickle cell? Um, it, it kind of was. It's kind of like it's kind of like LeBron's first game. It's like, oh shit, it's here. Like this is this is nothing to play with. Um, it's it, it was a it was a, a welcoming party, I would say. Um, definitely opened my eyes. But I wouldn't say, it didn't open my eyes until the second one, because the first one's like, okay, I got sick, you know, but then it's like, then the second one happens, and it's like, okay, this is really something that, you know, I have, and I'm going to have, um, because I've always heard that there was no cure for it, so it was like, okay, this is something I'm going to have pretty much for the rest of my life. So I would say by the second one, it was like, all right, now, now my eyes are open, and this is something that I got to take serious. And what do you... Um, now, did you have to go to the hospital for your first and second ones, or were you able to take care of that at home? First one, I had to go to the hospital. Um, I told my mom, like I said, I told my mom to call 911. We went into the ambulance, um, and we drove... Uh, I think she drove behind me. Yeah, she drove in her car to the ambulance, and... I want to say, I don't remember if I was admitted or not. I feel like I wasn't. I feel like after I had the pain medication for the first time, um, it got rid of the pain. But um, yeah, I was, I was, I definitely had to go to the hospital. And what was your first experience like going to the hospital with sickle cell? Like, as far as like treatment, um, interaction with like staff or anything of the sort was there anything like that stood out or did it just kind of feel like a normal well I mean none of it is normal in like hindsight but yeah um you can't tell until so but like this the first time someone looks at you dirty let's say you're a kid you get a dirty look you don't know it's a dirty look until you keep getting that same look over and over I, I mean, I thought it was regular. I mean, I don't know. Not to say I, I got any dirty looks, but I don't remember as far as if I had any negative experiences um, the first time. But I could have because 
there's been plenty of times when I'm in a hospital and one of the biggest things of sickle cell warriors is that we're drug seekers. So, um, which means that we only come to the hospital for pain medication and for drugs, basically. So I could have gotten that look, but again, it being my first crisis, there's no way I would, I would know, but it was pretty much smooth sailing for me. Um, I mean, I was in so much pain that even if I did get any, you know, a certain look or a certain uh, tone of voice or anything like that, I, I couldn't tell because the pain was just too severe. And you brought up the part about um, medication in regards to sickle cell. What was it like taking like medication at home for the first time, you know? having this excruciating pain and having to take like pain medication to somewhat deal with it or hoping that it would somewhat deal with it um it mm, I don't I don't like at 19 years old you you know you think you're an adult you think you know things but you really don't so I, I didn't really think of it as anything I just thought of it as if this is gonna take the pain away you know, give it to me. It's fine. Um, you know, not really thinking of side effects or how it long term, how it can play a role with your health. Um, so, you know, when you when they send you home with the medications, it's just like take this for five days, take this for three days. And, you know, you want to feel better. So I just did as they said. Right. And like I bring that up just because like even for me, I, I think. Um, when I was younger, you know, it was like, I just never saw medication as something that was like anything but so, you know, like a lot of people assume that like, you know, sickle cell patients and I can't speak for anybody but myself, you know, um, in my experiences, maybe just experiencing you, but I've never seen a want or need to like abuse the medication that relieves the pain that I'm in when I'm Mm -hmm. in pain. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just not tempting to me. So it's like, it was just always interesting to me that people assume that um, because you have sickle cell anemia, you're abusing medication. Mm -hmm. When most of the times you're not abusing it, you're really just trying to use it so that you're no longer in pain. Right. Um, So... That that actually... um that brings me to so I just had a doctor's visit earlier and my doctor was just telling me how she had um, like a meeting earlier and she was explaining to other doctors she was showing doctors x-rays of you know different different she was showing doctors um, x-rays and um, scans of patients and she's like, look at the way, you know, this person's hip is or shoulder is. You think that that doesn't hurt? You think they're not in pain? Um, so it, you know, after a while, you just think like, oh, yeah, you know, again, you're in pain or again, this, again, that. But when you actually can put a scan to it, um, it actually opens your eyes because you can see like, wow, this person's hip is not supposed to look like that. Or this person's, this person's shoulder is not supposed to look like that. And that's another thing that kind of sucks with sickle cell is because 
you don't look sick. You know, I hear that all the time. Um, even like, you know, I may be out one day at work and you come back the next day at work and you look totally fine. But what is someone who looks at, how do they look? Are they hunched over, you know, moping around? You well, can't mean, really tell how someone sick looks. I mean, you know what? You brought up an interesting point in regards to work. Um, what would it... How is it trying to... Well, let's take a step back. When you became older, maybe 21, 22, and you started to have realer life responsibilities like maintaining a job or bills or whatever, how does sickle cell play a part in, in that? Um, well, it, it, I mean, it's tough because nothing in life is free. So all these hospital visits, those bills, they add up. Um, and now, you know, you have to work to pay off the, I mean, yeah, you have insurance, but insurance only covers so much. So, um, you know, you you basically, what I'm trying to say is you basically grow up quicker. Um, you have to become an adult because it's not going to pay for itself. Not Nothing, in, like I said, nothing in this life is free. So, you know, if you have to have a doctor's visit or whatever, you have to have a job that has insurance to pay for that. Um, so, it, I mean, at, at very early, I would say by like 2021, 20, I knew that I had to obtain a job or become really, really rich. That was the only two ways that I can help, you know, alleviate myself because it, it, it's really important to be under the care of a doctor when you have sickle cell. Yeah. It, that's the, the one of the most important things because I can't take my own blood and read the blood levels and see if my hemoglobin is down today or tomorrow. So, you know, I know that I, I noticed from a young age I had to be in care, um, in medical care of a doctor. So, yeah, it's a long story short to answer your question. By 21, it was like, okay, you have to have a job because you ha- you're going to have bills and you need medication, um, you know, to to live everyday life. So what was it like at work with Sickle Cell in regards to, you know, your introduction into the workplace and, you know, this maybe your first crisis at work or whatever the case is or first crisis and having to tell somebody at work like what was just that overall experience like at that age um for me I always I'm always transparent with my sickle cells because one it's a part of me so if you know me you're pretty much gonna know Excuse me, but I don't let it define me. So it's like, hey, Rev, we're going out for drinks or whatever the case is. I'm still going to go. But as far as with work, um, it always was let me be as open and as honest as I can so that everyone understands. Because think about it. If you're a lot of people don't know what sickle cell is in the first place. Um, And if it's something that you're trying to hide and, and, and kind of not hide, but maybe you're not as open and you start missing days and days and days, you know, sometimes people might start to question, you know, you're missing a lot of days at work. What's the reason? Um, You know, then then it gets muggy with disability and and medical leave. So for me, I was just always open. Um, 
with work. It's just like, listen, I have, you know, a disease. It's possible I could get sick from time to time. Um, and if I ever do get sick, I'm transparent on when I can expect to come back to work or whatever the case is. Um, and another question you asked, if I ever had a crisis at work, was that? Well, yeah, your first crisis um, at work or having to explain to somebody at work. Yeah, um, well, yeah, I think I covered it explaining yeah. at work. But crisis at work, I never had a crisis at my first job. My first, I had a retail job. Um, you know, sometimes I would, I would feel sick or whatever and, you know, they'll let me leave. But I would say my first real, real crisis was at my current job where... Um, you know, I really, really got sick, and they had to call the ambulance. And, um, you know, it was kind of like, yeah, this is real. Like, this is, I, you know, I don't like some, I don't like uh, people to see that side of me, but it, it is what it is. It's, it's real. So it, it's, you know, it was, it probably was eye opening. I can't speak for them, but it probably was eye opening for them. Like, wow, okay, this is something that, you know, he really like. We're seeing it in the flesh. So. Um, yeah, that was that was um, it was a tough moment, but I got through it. So now, as difficult as it was then, dealing with sickle cell, work, you know, all that, you still didn't really have as much as you would have on your plate in the next couple of years, and. I can definitely attest to it just because things changed for me as well in, in that time. But what started to happen in the next couple of years that kind of changed for you in regards to sickle cell and your life in regards to that? Um, I think the biggest thing was for me was knowing what causes my crisis. Um, that's like my biggest thing. Um, if I can jump on it before it happens, you can almost beat it. And that for me it was stress um I, I i really figured that out one time you know family everyone has problems in their family and one time you know we were going through some things in the family and me and the day we both got sick and then i was like okay we'd never been sick together at the same time before um i, I forget how old i was but you know probably at least 20 years of us both being together on this earth and never being sick at the same time. Interesting. Um, and then, you know, a stress-related thing happens, and it's like, okay, boom, we're both sick. So then from there on, I'm like, all right, I know if any, if I get into high-stress, excuse me, situations, let me, you know, scale back a little bit and try to unwind any way that I can to, to calm my body down. Now, um, I think around that time, you know, there was also something that came up, um, and it was a conversation that we had, um, I remember I came into your room randomly, um, we were still living at the house with our parents, and I was just like, yo, I think I took a scene, I was just like, yo, is it just me, like, yo, does your hip ever bother you? And he was like, yo, bro, you know what's so crazy? Yeah, it does. Like I, it, it'd be bothering me too. And I was just like, oh, that's that's crazy. And I remember, um, maybe within a couple of weeks, a couple of months, you went to the doctor and um, found out that you actually had issues with your hip in regards to sickle cell. 
Uh, if you could just kind of explain what that was and what that experience was kind of like. Yeah, so when me and Ade both got sick, um, it was one of the times where I, I was um, at my worst. I got, that was the time I got really, really sick. I had acute chest syndrome. Um, I don't remember exactly what acute chest syndrome is. All I know is I was in so much pain. My chest hurt so, so, so much. Um, and in order to, uh, no mean to get deep, but in order to save my life, the doctors had to go into an artery by my groin area to get blood from there. Um, um, it was a, it's called a blood exchange transfusion. So they went into one of the major arteries by my groin, took out <clears throat> blood from there and put in someone else's blood to help me. Um, so long story short, I got better. Then a few weeks later, that same area started giving me problems. So I remember going back to my doctor, or our doctor, um, and I'm like, hey, doctor, is it weird that maybe they went too deep in that area or something because this area is really hurting me now? And she's like, yeah, that's a possibility. You know, let's just take a look. Let's take some x-rays and you can look at it. And then um, I got the x-rays done, and then she told me that I have... Um, called a vascular necrosis, which is basically the um, the lack of blood supply to your bones, so your bone basically starts dying. So um, basically my bone in my hip was dying, and that was causing the pain. Um, and that goes to the same conversation me and the day was having. So, you know, at that time when he found out, shortly after I found out, that I'd had these similar issues. Mine wasn't as severe at the time. Um, his was. But, um, I mean, I know for me, it definitely was like, wow. So the layers of this go deeper than just a crisis. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I think um, the crisis is one part of it. It allows you to realize like sickle cell is what it is but when you start to see other side effects of you know just what sickle cell can do to your body not even like the medication or not even just whatever but just the lack of blood getting to an area in your body that's something you don't even think about being able to control and then realizing that because of that you're going to now have to either walk with a cane Mm -hmm. or possibly even have that bone replaced um, depending on the severity of it you know is it's it's a it's challenging to comprehend at such a young age because even when you tell people about your journey they're confused because they're you know you're so young so um, what was it like once you kind of started to understand like what that was what that meant and what that could possibly mean like for your future um around the time that i found out my hip was collapsing i think it might have been actually collapsed already which means that the bone has completely died and you need to have it replaced um i was finally about to finish college so my two options was do i get surgery now um which is a hip replacement or do I finish school and then get the surgery? 
I'm like, you know what? And oh, by the way, I have to take a year off of school because you know I was just getting too sick. I was in and out the hospital. So this is my fifth year, and I'm like, it's like you see the end of the tunnel, and here comes something else you have to deal with. And I'm like, nah, I'm gonna finish school. So this was around, I want to say, like June or July ish. Um, the upcoming semester was coming. Last fall, the fall semester was coming up. So I'm like, nah, I'm just going to thug it out and get my degree, and then I'll get the the, the replacement after. So you know, I I went to school in John Jay in the city. I lived in Queens and had a cane, and I walked. With, with my cane and by the way I was uh, working full time as well so going to school full time working full time and I had full time a basket necrosis so it's like three jobs at once so I was able to pull it through um, got my degree in December and January I got my hip replacement um, it was the best thing because now it it feels like completely better um and just going back to walking with the cane the amount of looks i tell people all the time the amount of looks that i got i received from elderly people you know they think that you're mocking them you're walking with a cane you're you know you're limping because you look so young why would such a young kid have a cane um so i would i would get the only looks only stares um and it just goes to show you that you don't really know what someone's going through they could be four years old. They could be 94 years old. You have no idea. But, um, yeah. Then in January, I ended up getting a hip replacement. And like I said, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. So, with now the hip replacement, what do you feel like the um, the changes to your life were post the hip replacement? And, you know, from jobs and... You know, how did all of that work out? Um, so I ended up leaving my previous job that I had. And I just used the time that I was recovering to look for a new job. So it was a new year, new hip, and I ended up getting a new job. So everything pretty much worked out perfectly for me. Um, but um, as far as the actual hip... You know, it was just learning to, you know, I had to learn how to walk. I won't say walk all over again, but just walk with, you know, something is literally inserted in your body. Um, so you have to learn how to, you know, use that maneuver, um, sit, stand. Uh, you don't really know how much you use your hip until it either starts hurting or it's taking it out and something else is put in. Um, then you realize everywhere, like something little, like sitting Indian style, can't do that. Um, you know, some, or a lunge or, you know, stretching just to touch your toes or just tying your shoelaces. All those things, you know, your hip muscle and bone, they all have to be used. So you have to learn how to do all of that all over again. So, you know, it took some time, but um, I would say once I returned to work, so I returned back to work in April, I was 100% healed. So now, in regards to, because we spoke about work um, and sickle cell, how has sickle cell affected your personal life? 
Um, I feel like we've been talking so many negatives. I'll tell you a positive for being a male in sickle cell. You understand what girlfriend is there for you from day one. Um, because, you know, certain people, you have to go through a life-changing thing to see if your significant other is there for you. Um, one thing about sickle cell is, you know, your first hospital visit or crisis, you know if the person you're talking to is really down for you. And by that, I mean they could be in the hospital bed with you and they could still not be down for you. Um, I had certain instances that happened. I could save that for another day. Um, but <laughs> you really know who's there for you and who's not having sickle cell. Um, and that, you know, that's uh, one thing that I, I love because within minutes of talking to someone, I, I really, really know. Um, but, you know, personal, just family, you know, you cherish family a lot. Um because when you're in the hospital, man, like, it's just you, your thoughts, you're under a lot of medication, and it could get really dark and lonely, and having people there, having people around you, like, people don't really understand what coming to see someone in the hospital for 25 to 40 minutes really means for them, um, so yeah, it, family, family, and friends really, really helps you through those times, um, but um, yeah, I, w- I would definitely say as far as personal, that's that's one of the the things that I'm grateful for with sickle cell. And it doesn't always have to be negative. I'm just bringing it up. I mean, I think that it's tough at times to talk about sickle cell in a positive light because it affects you in so many negative ways. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think what I can say, and I think you can agree that. Um, sickle cell does build a sense of character in an individual because, you know, again, you are forced to deal with a lot of things on your own. There are times where you may be having a crisis and, you know, there's nobody around that understands what that is. So you just kind of have to muscle through it and, you know, just get to where you're going so that you can find some sort of relief. And, you know, it builds, a, um, you know, when you get through those situations even though, you know, every second feels like an eternity, when you get through those situations, you just realize how much stronger you are Mm -hmm. because you were able to go through that by yourself, figuring out a way to do it without exerting too much energy the way you wouldn't be able to complete it. You know, it teaches you a lot of, like, balance and a lot of, like, you know, self-discipline. And I feel that, you know, a lot of people don't really realize that about individuals with sickle cell because they don't really get a chance to talk to or hear about sickle cell. And I think this is kind of more so just to give awareness and, like, exposure to what goes on in the everyday life of somebody that has sickle cell anemia um, in 2018. And I think you brought up an interesting point, you know, as a black male. I think you and I both know that you know, that just adds a new shade to the complexity of things that we have to deal with. Tune in next week to hear the continuation of this episode where we dig in a little bit deeper and talk on a lot more topics that are inspired by our personal relationship as brothers, as well as a lot more topics that 
we deal with as black men, whether it's in regards to work or our interaction with people in society. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next week.